0: Welcome to Overcrest. I'm
1: Chris and I'm Jake.
0: We have a fun episode lined up for you guys. We've got Jose Gonzalez from Bill calling in. Very I'm cool. kind of wondering if it's Bill or Bill Stein. Fe- he'll know. He'll know. I figure if it's it's German Stein, so it's maybe it's Bill Stein in German. Yeah, I, I don't know. We'll find out. We'll ask him about that. He's gonna talk everything suspension. We took a bunch of listener questions too, if they had questions for them for Bill sure. Stein. And uh <laughs> we're gonna get those answered. And then I have a lot of stuff, a lot of questions on suspension design, geometry how it all comes together how do you test this stuff how do you develop new products it should be really really fun we've also got some project updates yes I've been just like out of my mind <laughs> the last week with a bunch of different things going on and did you, I took the the Billsteins
1: uh i'm sorry the conies out of my 911 right what do you have in yours i have conies the coney classics and it's ironic because that was like the upgrade it was for the 911 it was if you had but an S, it came with the conies it's, i don't think as good of a dampener i can I tell you right now
0: it isn't because i went you front, had both. i had both i yeah. went to the and i went to the rsr front spindles which gives me
1: more drop
0: or yeah more travel, it gives me a little more suspension travel for how low i like to be right um yeah, it's it's much better. So I have the bill scenes in the front, and then the I don't Bilstein's know if the, the corners were now.
1: supposed to be more of like the comfort. They are adjustable. Yeah, That's I've adjusted them um, like seventy percent, and it's still not stiff enough. It doesn't do any. Does it even do anything? Yeah, I don't know.
0: All right, before we get into my crazy week, why don't you tell us a little bit about Worth? Yeah,
1: speaking of another German company, let's talk about Worth USA, our sponsor. Worth is a family-owned global company that's been in operation since 1945. They offer high-quality, professional-grade shop supplies and tools with industry-leading customer service. They also have their world-class line of hand tools that they've dropped on the U.S. market as well. So... You actually just got some of the Schutz undercoating. What's yeah. great about work yeah. is this is like OEM
0: stuff. Yeah, it's the right stuff. And uh, I've got a bunch of other things. I just, I need some seam sealer from them. I need more shuts. I need, I've been using the copper weld through primer. Which
1: makes it, everything look gold and shiny. And super gold. Because I, like I,
0: I don't want to weld something shut and then have it be have there be nothing there right like so i also have this uh this eastwood frame rail stuff too you know we have it, there's all kinds of great products
1: worth's really really good yep um and anyway. i have some rust converter that i'm gonna use on the c10 as well that i got from worth right so head over to WorthUSA.com to check out all of the products for yourself
0: right all right so i got what is the one thing that i've been waiting for so i can
1: continue working on <laughs> yeah my so car? your whole 911 front teardown project you have yet to receive the passenger side front fender i received the fender okay
0: good to go (laughs) this guy comes walking up the driveway hey um i've got your fender but i think you should take a look at the box first and i just went Oh, oh, oh no, no! Because it's been like two weeks. I've been waiting yeah. for this Fender, and I'm just like leaning up against the garage. This guy's like super Eastern European or something. Okay. He's like, "Oh, your Fender." I don't even know how to do the accent. He's like, "Oh, your Fender's probably messed up." So he brings it up. So he knew it was a Fender in the box. Well, it says Dansk, and it says Fender. Okay, right, so cool. yeah. Uh, well, he said, "Well, he said it's a front end part." He says front end part, or oh, he said okay. front of the car, or whatever. And he comes walking up, and I can see the boxes destroyed destroyed there's like foam falling out of it like oh, like man. the the foam was pulverized it's just like dripping out <laughs> he sets it on the ground and i can see immediately that the front part where the horn grill uh bolts to the car sure, yep. everything it's bent oh and i'm just that's thinking what you want it's it's a 1500 hundred dollar fender i'm not Oof. going to accept i'll just I'm not going to. I'm not going to accept. It. He's like, are you going to try and fix it? Or I'm like, no, I'm not going to try and fix a, a broken brand new. broken, brand new fender. So I refused delivery of it. Because you could have fixed your existing fender. But that's the whole point is to not get have a brand to. new one. Brand yeah. new one. It's going to line up. So I went, you know what? This was a Dansk fender, by the yeah. way, not a Porsche fender. I said, oh. I refused to delivery. And the next day I went out, drove down to the dealer and ordered another $2,000 <laughs> factory <laughs> fender for the car so wow i just wow i have four thousand dollars with the fenders on my car
1: yeah well <laughs> just, just the ridiculous front too, and they don't it's have like, paint on them and, Chris. and
0: this is the contrast of this is the like the hardwood flooring in my house is super worn out yeah and my wife just looks at me like you what just, are you doing? What are you doing? You should refloor the kitchen. I'm like, nah, nah, that's no yeah. fun. But I'm probably going to have to refloor the kitchen here at some point or I'm going to get fired. <laughs> I think we're going to have to start making some home improvements at some point. Um, also, <laughs> yeah, we, yeah. I sold the AMG. Right. It's gone. It is. Gone. It's gone. Well, it's still at my house. I'm picking up uh, my friend Shane, who's a, right. he's a listener. We're driving up to my house and he's going to drive it home and park it for the owner who is out of, out of country right sure, now. Sure, okay. So it's going to be gone today. So I'm gonna awesome. take the insurance off of it later tonight. Um,
1: but you're wondering why? Why'd I you so- sell this car that you like, Chris? I do like this car, and you were just jealous of my car buying experiences
0: no i know you i knew that you would probably think that but this is (laughs) something that i've been thinking about i knew i was going to sell the car okay and then i got a couple people interested in it and Mm. what started this was that i wanted this e39 m5 that kind of just came up right and then i'm like okay well i really got to sell my amg so i can get this e39 m5 and then i had the conversation with my wife that's like i'm like i need a fun car and she looks at me and goes, "Are you kidding me?" And she points at the garage where there's a nine eleven sitting in the garage. And I go, "You know what? You're probably right." Yeah. Um. So that kind of went. But that. But at that point, I'd already sold the the AMG. I had a deposit on it. Right. But here's the the number one problem. What, what do you think the number one problem with that car is? With the AMG? Yeah. The number one issue. It's a grandpa car. <laughs> In a way, yes, because you cannot turn the traction control off oh. in that car. So you yeah, got to Obviously, it's a grandpa car. All the other, the newer AMGs, you can do whatever you want. Sure, you know you can turn off this. So to, un- to turn off the traction control, you have to unplug the ABS, and then to get the ABS to work again, you have to clear the codes. It's it's just not. Ooh. I wanted to be able to hoon, and it was always a disappointment when that traction control light would start yeah. flashing as I'm ripping around a corner. I'm like, ah, I can control this myself. And that was what kind of planted the seed, other than being me, right? Other than it's me. <laughs> other than you having car ADD. There's always, like, one thing when I have a car that I'm like, eh, I don't really like that. And then I go, well... What else could I get? It's always that inception of a thing, the one thing that I don't like, and then all of a sudden it's this domino effect of, I really don't like that either. Yeah, I really don't like that. And then I start forgetting about all the things that I like about the car, And I was thinking to myself, I wonder if this is what it's like to be a guy who is afraid of commitment with a woman.
2: (laughs) (laughs) Yeah, I suppose all you see are the negatives, right? You're
0: dating her. You're great. The sex is great. You're going out to dinner. Everything's (laughs) laughing. And then pretty soon, she leaves a toothbrush on the counter, and she leaves the toilet lit up. And you're like, what is going on? I don't understand. And then pretty soon, you're done with her. I'm I'm like, you're already out. You're looking at other pastures. You're on Tinder, swiping around, (laughs) looking at other cars. I mean, women. And you're just like you're just done. You're out of it. You're just you, you've already made this. Once that's in your mind, yeah, it's just it's really hard to to get out of that. So I have a, I have a way of thinking about this. I married my nine eleven, right?
1: Right. I was going to ask. Like, so I what is the
0: nine eleven then? There's all kinds of problems with the 9-11, but I love it so much, Uh just like my wife. There's all kinds of problems with my (laughs) wife, but I love her so much, and she's so perfect for me that I'll never let her go.
1: All right. So those are the the same constants.
0: Yeah. The 9-11 is what I married, Uh and everything else is just my side chick.
1: (laughs) (laughs) Perfect. So that's kind of where I'm at.
0: So then I started going, okay, well, what do I want? I want. I can't get this E39 and 5. It's not fair. I don't need – I just don't need it. You know, right. it's I can't drive it in the winter ever. Right. You know, it's it was a really nice car. If anybody wants an E thirty nine M five, that's like amazing. <laughs> hit us up. <laughs> hit me up. Uh, it's not actually officially for sale. Right. You know, it's one of those sideways cars. Uh-huh. So if you're actual, hit me up and be like, hey, what's this guy's phone number, and then contact him and then make me look bad. If you want, this to, is
1: like if you're in the
0: market for one half cash. Right. You need to be able to buy it. Don't don't mess around. Um. So I'm like, okay, well I want to go off roading. You know, we talked to Mike Burroughs. Yeah. want to go off-roading. So then I started looking at uh, the Isuzu Via Cross,
1: Yes. Which is- 100% support that decision.
0: And I found one with 85,000 miles, clean car Yes. It was fantastic. And then I watched a video of someone trying to put a car seat in the back. You can't. To to put a car... This is how you put a car seat in the back. You open the rear Uh and you slide it over the rear seats and climb in there and buckle it in from the rear. That's not...
1: That's not I wasted a perfectly good Carfax report on you. Well, I'll send you
0: seven dollars if that's (laughs) if that's if that's what you're worried about. You still have like a bunch left. I'm sorry. I know I said I was serious, and I was, and it's and I was really excited about that thing. They're really weird. Oh, I love
1: how unique they are and just strange. And they're cheap.
0: This thing was five grand. Oh, eighty-five thousand miles. Needed tires. It had some like you know wheels with a terrible offset on it that were street tires. Needed some you know TLC to make it look cool again. But they're cool, and then I, yeah. but I go okay. You can't even get a person in the back seat. There's a video of a guy <laughs> trying to get in the back seat, and I just can't have that. I need to be able to get in and buckle my kids in.
2: You know, yeah. I can't.
0: I can't take my fi- family camping and be doing this over and over again. Yeah, no. If, especially if there's gear in the trunk, and you're trying to get there's the no, trunk probably isn't that big either. No, but that's department. not a big deal. You know, it's actually decent sized. There's more. I think they could have maybe taken a little trunk space out to make room because there's no <laughs> the the rear seat folds forward right. and slides forward but then there's still you can't even swing your foot in oh. between the b pillar and the seat yep. it is that tight so that's out you Dang. know i just i can't deal with it lame and then i go so then i went out and i drove um some Forerunners, right some lexus gx 470s which, which is, is like, the
1: lexus Forerunner,
0: right it's like the v8 version from the mid 2000s yep and i drove one it was eight thousand mm-hmm. dollars, had a hundred and ninety thousand miles on it. Wow. And it sounded like a, a can of marbles falling down the <laughs> stairs. Uh, and I was like, I'm like, dude, there's there's the strut mounts are bad, the ball joints are making noise. He's like, all right. I'm, this was at the bargain lot where the sure. according to Lexus and Toyota, this is where they send all their cars that can't be resold at the actual dealer oh, because they have too oh. high of miles. Most dealers won't sell high mileage cars on their okay. lot. They don't want to be responsible for them.
1: Right. So it doesn't necessarily mean that it's third piles, but this one was. This one was.
0: And there was another, uh, and I'm like, well, is this thing, can we work on maybe fixing this thing? It has all everything I want. Hill assist control, um, high-low locking differentials. Mm. Uh, you can turn the side curtain airbags off because, you know, you don't want to run into like, you don't want them to go off for bumping into a branch. Oh, really? All these different things. Cool. It, it's super rad. V8, good, good, good torque. Um, but here's the problem. It's a pile, yeah, and it has a
1: million miles on it, it's still yeah. and still so eight thousand dollars. And here's the other four- thing you never talk about with used cars like that: if a car, if there's things wrong with it, there's more than just those things wrong with of it. Of course, it's indicative of how the car was treated. and here's what the guy said: maintained. Here's what the guy says: Well,
0: it's a Toyota, it's a Lexus, they run forever. Five hundred thousand miles on this engine.
1: I'm like, well, there's a lot more
0: uh, to a car than the engine, right? There's That's all kinds it. of other things that can go wrong. So then there was a there was a Forerunner with okay. a hundred and 70 million miles on it, <laughs> whatever, know. and it looked mint on the outside, but then I got on my hands and knees and looked at the frame. Oh, 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 oh. oh really? The frame was so rusty, Ooh. and, and it, they were like, yeah, we'll sell this all day. I'm like, are you negotiable? They said, no, no. Really? we don't. We don't negotiate on any of this. So then I looked at a 2013 Kay. for 21,000, yeah. and then it had air-conditioned seats and heated yeah. seats, and um, and it still had all the locking differentials and stuff. Sure. So it's yep. like this luxury Lexus thing, but super capable off-road, and then I go, what am I doing? <laughs> Twenty one thousand dollars for a car or truck? I'm not even that excited about. Because right. here's here I am driving home from looking at it, and everywhere I look, it's Forerunner GX four hundred and sixty Forerunner Forerunner. They're everywhere. They made a lot. They of them. are not special in any way. No. And I need that. Agreed. I need something unique. It needs to, it needs something special about it, and that doesn't include putting some wheels on it and doing these other things. I just I need that my own psyche. There's got to be something there. That's why I went and looked at a... Okay, now this... I told you to stay off the Instagram story so you wouldn't know about this, but I drove something
1: with a V10. Oh! What? Okay. So V10, can you guess what it was? Probably not a Viper, although you're you're into the SRT stuff. No, it was not a Viper. Okay. Uh, V10 then, obviously not a Lamborghini. Those aren't in your price range. <laughs> it was not a Triton V10 van. It was a... <laughs> oh, yeah, the Dodge van.
0: <laughs> it was a 2007 Touareg TDI.
1: That's right. They made the diesel V10, V10,
0: which is...
1: Those as, things can tow like... A string of
0: barges. Well, they, there's a video famously of, there's two famous videos. One of it towing a 747. Right. And the other one is it towing away a, uh, a power stroke, whatever, just dragging it down the road. <laughs> it's this thing with huge wheels in the stack. And yeah, everything. exactly. There's a little tour egg that looks tiny. Yep. It's like, just like tows yeah. it down the street. And the other thing's like, hoo, 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 like hopping along, <laughs> trying to, get, hopping, yeah, yep. just terrible. So I'm like, okay, uh, it was local. Had 85,000 miles on it. Not uh, terrible it was 11 for diesel. Grand. I'm like, well, hey. In great. your price range. I go there. The front grill is smashed. The recorder panel is dented. <laughs> Every time I turn the wipers on, it's like, Ring! it just makes these terrible sound like the wipers didn't work. The airbag light came on. Oh, the thing, man. just all the buttons were like bad. I'm like, how does this thing only have? He's like, oh, yeah, it's a salvage title. I go, oh, Oh. I'm like, why? He's like, the entire wiring harness was replaced. I'm like, oh, (laughs) this is not the vehicle for me. But here's the thing. That thing has 300 uh, horsepower and like 500 and something pound-feet of torque. It moved.
1: Oh, I bet. Now.
0: Those things, I think,
1: all had like the air suspension as well. and they
0: went higher than even a standard torque. They had like eight inches of travel that you could go up or down. I'm like, oh, this is going to be great. You can lock the differential. It's going to be epic. Nope. Can you imagine what it takes to change a wiring
1: harness on a car like that?
0: So if you the turbo goes bad, it's right. R&R
1: drivetrain. So you basically no, remove everything. Drive Drivetrain.
0: There's not, a, not even
1: just engine. There
0: is a special tool that Volkswagen has because the drivetrain, like the engine and the transmission is 1,500 pounds. <laughs> so they have a special hoist that they have yeah. to drop this stuff off the glow plugs go bad i mean just oh, the, man. doing the turbos if you need to do the turbos at the dealer is like ten thousand dollars it's just wow. it's all this stuff and i go okay
2: you know nope.
0: i think what's you know as as i stated the thing that's important about these is that was an eighty thousand dollar truck at right. one time just because it's a ten thousand dollar truck now doesn't mean that the labor and the parts that were originally around when it was new don't apply because they do all the parts all the parts cost the same and the labor rate of 175 dollars an hour at the dealer which is the only place that's going to work on this thing for you yeah that doesn't change so you're kind (laughs) of stuck if anything goes wrong with any of it so that's it. I'm done. I gave up. And what's funny is the Facebook algorithms must be having a seizure right now. They don't even know what to show me. Because
1: because my- <laughs> you keep looking at yeah, different colors. And-
0: what's funny is I was with Jess. I'm like, wow, that Rubicon actually looks really cool. I got home and it's like Rubicon sale, you know, interest financing. You're a your Fury that's Motors. It's so creepy. I'm like, God, why are you listening to me right oh, yeah. now? No, they, they don't do. show me everything. My wife and I talk about it. We'd be in deep trouble. <laughs> hey dad, what's this? Uh, nothing. (laughs) Uh, I can only imagine. So here's what I'm going to do. What's that? I'm keeping the 190E. So you are. I'm keeping it. And today, I bought a bunch of stuff. For the 190E? I bought wheels. What did you buy? I bought the 16-inch version of the wheels that are on the car.
1: Okay. So it's
0: off of like the the 2.3 16 valve. They're 16 by 8 so you can put some meats on them. Kay. I bought the It'll look
1: good. It'll Subtle. look good.
0: It's uh, it's OEM plus. That's Kay. what I'm about. I don't want to stand out with this thing necessarily. It, it's already an old clean car, Right. It's unique enough. I don't need to overdo the things with the wheels. I suppose you're right. Um and then I bought a European headlights. Sure. Finally. You know the reason I wasn't never bought a lot of stuff for this car is I just You thought you were just going to drive thought I would just it get for rid the, of it. Yeah. But now that I'm going to keep it, I bought European headlights, I bought new speakers. Front oh. and rear because they're like, <laughs> you know, I listen to a lot of podcasts and everybody's voices <laughs> really, is, you know, really grab- you know, it sounding. sounds awful. <laughs> and I bought a this little slimline subwoofer that's three inches tall oh, by like cool. seven by twelve. Okay, and I'll just slide it under the seat and it's like two hundred fifty watts. Hmm. So I'll I'll have that too. And I think I oh I bought Vault and sp- Loring Springs. Oh, you did! I bought some lowering springs for this as well. Is gonna be this thing cool. is going to be dialed in. I of like course, it. I'm like Amazon Prime show tomorrow.
1: Yes, sweet, yeah, it was great. <laughs> and uh, now so, gonna, you'll have something to work on. I'll have something as well. to work
0: on. And it, and I, when I work on something and I make it my own, it becomes a lot more personal. Right. You know, and it becomes something that you can kind of enjoy and fall in love with. And I've also found the future motor swap for the car, which is which is the the SL 300 had a twin overhead cam. Engine that makes 188 or 190 horsepower and it bolts
1: in. I thought you were going to say like the S63 AMG.
0: They don't fit without like <laughs> major modifications. This one bolts right in and it'll be an extra 70 horsepower. That'd be cool. Which should be great. And I um, you can get manual transmission for it if you want to. Everything sure. bolts right in. It's easy. That would it be works. Cool. And here's the problem is I started looking at other swaps. Right. And pretty soon I was on a forum, of course. The forum, <laughs> the last bastion of actual information on yes. the internet is forums. Right. Okay. You can't go on Facebook and find any information. You can't go to Wikipedia and find out how to swap anything. Right. And this goes for your car. This goes for installing tile in your bathroom. This goes for any DIY project ever. Because at one point there was a forum for all of it. Yes. Because forums were the place before Facebook fucked everything up. (laughs) Seriously. That was where everybody hung out was forums. Yeah. Even the Euroworks forum. I've got like 70,000 posts on the Euroworks forum. Vortex. I've been banned 30 times, but I've been been around (laughs) there forever. And you know what you see every time you go to a forum and you're like, oh, I'm going to go to this thing and I'm going to look at it. And I found this great uh, guy that uh, swapped a 2.3 compressor engine in oh cool from the from the supercharged yeah. c230 yeah you know what i see a bunch of photo bucket logos when i try to look at yep. it yep and that is one of the number one things that screwed forums yep, over it killed it is it killed it because they wanted to charge basically you remember when it just it, overnight it died yes because they wanted 400 dollars. i had a huge build thread going and then you just stopped yeah like, like why everyone bother? disappeared so i mean there's a lot of reasons forums died uh it's It's not this instant masturbation that you get from, you know, regular social media. (laughs) It takes more time. You can read, but you can actually have the information there. So too late. Thousands of builds and other DIY images are all toast. You know, I can't look at any of it. I can't see it. Yeah. So I have to like right click view image. And I'm just, it sucks because there's so much information and human capital that's gone because forums either they shut down because nobody's there anymore. Photo bucket screwed them over or people just aren't looking. Right. You know, we still have the Euroworks forum up. Yep. I make sure that it's up and it's just gonna stay up. We'll figure out a way to keep it up. The hosting isn't expensive, and there's some information there. I went there's there DIY, the there's DIY stuff going on. I'm hoping that we have a resurgence in forums that someday Facebook dies and people yeah. are gonna just go back to using forums and go back to the good old days <laughs> where people talk about their grandpa car. Well, that's it. That's all I got. So that's the stuff's going on in the car. Um, I ordered a new fender. We'll get back to things and Chris! What? I bought an S3. You did! (laughs) You did? Well, your wife bought an (laughs) S3. You bought a Macan. Yes. And I'm wondering who's going to end up driving what? I don't know. What do you like driving better? I'm going to put exhaust on the Macan. Oh, boy. Okay. That's going to
1: sound really good.
0: Is this where I go, yeah! Yeah! (laughs) Um, I can't, I'm, I'm looking forward to seeing the S3. Um, we'll probably take a look at it on the way out today. It's blue, right? Yeah, it is. So what, that's a two liter turbo. And then yep. I know you were looking at an
1: RS3, which is the TTRS engine of the five cylinder turbo.
0: It's a five cylinder turbo.
1: The, the S the RS3 is Yeah. Ooh, back to that. I huh? know that's what's kind of cool about it. Yeah. I it has like, that
0: sound. The only problem with Audi is I think that they've
1: lost their way. What, where did I use for Audi the other day? Spindly. You said that, but after driving this, I don't think so. I just this is a 2017. It is, it seems tout and stout. It just doesn't seem. Well, everything's me- not
0: mechanical anymore. It's not the mechanical. Yeah, quattro. But no, nothing is. When you look at like a Q5, that would be that wouldn't be something that you'd go overlanding in. No, you for know, sure. Not. Everything is just more. How do I get my groceries and still? have people think I'm cool versus I actually need to get through 18 inches of snow to get home. Right. It's just a different mentality. It is. And this is. I mean, the whole German mentality used to be uh, more functional and utilitarian. Right. And the whole, I'm not even talking Mercedes. I'm sorry, Audi. It's Mercedes and BMW. Yep. And the whole thing kind of shifted. Well, the market from, shifted. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, you had the, the economy went to shit in the early 2000s, and I think that was a big part of it. Um,
1: I did get groceries in my grocery getter Macan, though. Yeah, how that did you feel nice. about that? That was great.
0: Yeah, it went well. It went very well. <laughs> I got them, got them done fast. 400 horsepower worth yep. of groceries. Grocery you, got home fast. Was the milk spilled all over the trunk when you got home? No, I, I was taking my time. All right, I'm really looking forward to talking to Jose from Bilstein. Uh, but before we do, what have you got for us? Yeah,
1: let's talk about Petrol Box. Petrol Box is a monthly subscription service specifically for who? car guys you guys know this why haven't you gotten one yet they're really cool each month they carefully select items including tools detailing supplies t-shirts hats apparel garage gear stickers they get books and publications in there occasionally give away wheels sometimes right there to your doorstep every single month Chris they give away a set of rotiform wheels to one lucky subscriber but you can't win wheels if you're not a subscriber there's actually two different levels to choose from Petrobox basic costs less than 20 bucks a month and the petrol box premium gets you more gear for 39.95 check them out where at mypetrolbox.com and use the code overcrest at checkout to get six bucks off your first order there's something else that these guys are doing that's really kind of cool okay if you go to uh, petrol dot com okay they're releasing a motorsport inspired line of dog collars and accessories so like, you know, like the BMW M colors and yeah. everything else. Oh, but for the collar. Yeah, it's, it's kind of cool. So head over to PetrolPup.com as well. to. I'll have to them. check that out.
0: All right, guys, let's get on with our interview with Jose. Jose Gonzalez, man. Thanks so much for uh, coming on the podcast. I really appreciate you being here.
2: No, thanks for having me.
0: I think the uh, the number one question that everybody's wondering, is it Bill Stein or Bill Steen? Which one, <laughs> which one is it?
2: It's Bill Stein.
0: Okay, I just wanted to... It just is like what,
2: the Bierstein.
0: Then. Yeah, well, it's German, right? Of course.
2: Correct, correct. Bill Stein is
0: how it's pronounced. So, what is... Do you know kind of the like the uh, the brief history of, of Bill Stein a little bit? Kind of where the company came from?
2: Uh, yeah, definitely. So, uh, Bill Stein GmbH uh, was established in 1847. And originally, uh, they started out making... Um, Hardware such as door hinges and uh, window handles Um, Bilstein didn't really get into the shock absorber market until about 1954 and uh, they got into the shock absorber market because uh, Mercedes-Benz actually approached Bilstein to uh, Develop a, a better performing damper that was currently on the market I'm, I'm thinking so, about
0: there's some old party going on in Germany where these two guys are standing uh-huh. next to each other and the guy from Bilstein's like, yeah, check out how this cupboard opens. It's really, really nice. Check out the, <laughs> the, the, the tolerances on this hinge is amazing. And the other guy from Mercedes is going, man, we really need some struts. Like, can you make those too?
2: That's probably exactly how, how it went. <laughs> oh, uh, <laughs> it, the Germans I know geek out on the quality of the most uh, minuscule thing. So that's probably exactly how it went. <laughs> so what was the first product? Uh, so, yeah, so the first product was a monotube shock absorber for a Mercedes-Benz sedan. Uh, they had good success with that. Um, in 1961, that's when Bill Stein uh, became heavily involved with motorsports. And uh, through that motorsports uh, involvement, developed new and high-quality products, not just for uh, motorsports, but for also passenger vehicles. And so here we are in 2020. So what do you do for Bill Stein? Bilstein. Bill Stein! Well, I- Sorry, (laughs) I am a product manager. I've been with the company for about eight years now. Uh, What I do is I manage the street performance product made in Germany for the U.S. market.
1: Okay.
0: So what are some of the different products that you guys offer here for street enthusiasts?
2: Uh, I mean, you know, uh, Bill Stein is an enthusiast brand. We don't just offer uh, products for street vehicles. We're also heavily into the off-road market and light truck market in the United States. Uh, so, you know, we have options for uh, basic damper replacements, uh, such as, like, an OE replacement to a performance bolt-in damper uh, with a fixed spring seat, uh, all the way up to uh, damping-adjustable coilovers with uh, ride right height adjustments. So what are
0: the, uh, some of the common mistakes, guys? Because in this world... You know, we're always going, this thing needs to be lower, it needs to be on the <laughs> ground, because if you can stick mm-hmm. your hand in between the tire and the fender, you're you're probably like four out of ten cool. It's not good. <laughs> so what are the uh, right. common mistakes guys w- make when they start modifying the suspension of their cars?
2: You know, that's a fantastic question, and I get this question quite a bit in my travels. Um so I guess, you know, when you're approaching a vehicle, especially, you know, when it comes to suspension modifications, it's what's, what's your main purpose? What are you shooting for? If this is something that's the majority of the time a streetcar with uh, occasional track use, you definitely don't, don't want a full-blown coilover system with uh, uniball mounts. Uh, what a lot of people don't realize is the coilover system requires regular maintenance, and if you have uniball mounts on a street-driven vehicle, you're pretty much going to wear out those uh, uniball mounts fairly quickly. Right. Those aren't going to take and too well
0: to potholes.
2: <laughs> exactly. They're going to probably put, be rallying all over the place. And, you, you know, if you have a really nice car like a 911...
0: Or a girlfriend. You definitely don't
2: want... <laughs> yeah, with a girlfriend. You do, especially with a girlfriend. You definitely don't want uh, your suspension slapping around after, you know, a uh, couple months. So, so is there uh, a such thing that, as too low? You know, <laughs> there is, actually. And so as far as too low goes, um, when you're too low is when your suspension is not doing its job. It's not cycling. Uh when your suspension doesn't move, you're too low.
0: Is that what you and mean by so, cycling? It's not what is what do you mean by cycling?
2: It's not moving up and down in, in basic terms. Uh when your suspension isn't moving up and down, you're basically not getting any traction. And that's the whole point of, of the suspension. And when you lose traction and you lose grip, you're essentially gonna slide off the road. So when you're too low, that that limits your suspension travel, and that's definitely something you don't want.
0: Well, then I just remove the bump stops, right? <laughs> <laughs> you <laughs> so, could do that. So whenever I whenever I end up lowering a car, I always end up getting like a ton of bump steer. How is that related mm-hmm. to lowering?
2: So in I can do in simple terms, uh, bump steer is uh, well a car from the factory uh, at stock right height static comes with zero bump steer that's straight center when you lower a vehicle you're changing the the that geometry uh, you get what you call literally bump steer you hit a bump and the the angles the steering angles change and cause your car to jerk over the road and become unpredictable Uh, When you lower your car, you really need to bring that bump steer back up to zero. And the way you do that is with adjustable either spacers um, in your tie rod ends or uh, adjustable... So we're
0: talking about control arms being level or not level when you're talking about those spacers, right?
2: Exactly. Basically, basically you're bringing back uh, your, your, um, your bump steer to zero. You want to space it out back to the factory type setting. It changes when you lower the vehicle. So
0: what is bound and rebound, and is it something we really need to have? Because you, you, you kind of alluded to it when you say, what are the mistakes people make? And, of course, one of the mistakes people make is go, okay, I'm going to go buy the most expensive product that this company makes, and I'm going to put it on my car, which in some cases would be something with a, with, a, with a heim joint for different parts of it, or it's got the adjustment for bound and rebound. What is uh, bound and rebound, and do you even need it on a streetcar?
2: Yeah, well, I mean, before I get into that, I, I, going back to your first question about mistakes that uh, enthusiasts make when modifying their suspension, what I hear a lot is always, you know, stiffer is better. And I can tell you right now that stiffer is not always better. Uh, that kind of uh, tuning mantra came from the early '80s, early '90s when the sus- when the chassis were like as stiff as a marshmallow, and <laughs> something needed to be something needed to be stiff on the car. And so you don't really need to approach modern-day vehicles with, you know, the stiffest shock you can find. You want the suspension to cycle. You need it to do its job. You need it to. You need the dampers to move up and down. And so, uh, to answer your question on uh, rebound, bounce, uh, bounce is the down downward motion of the shock or suspension. Uh, rebound is the upward motion. And when you have adjustable suspension. You're essentially tuning the speed at which the damper travels, either bound down or rebound up. Um, is that fun to have? Uh, hell yes. Do you need <laughs> it on the street? Probably not. But it is fun, and I, you know, I have it on my cars.
0: So some of the manufacturers will only do one bound or rebound. They don't do both. Why? Why is? Why would you even have? Why is it easier to have one be adjustable but not the other?
2: Uh, I mean, on the streetcar, on uh, paved performance, rebound is the most important um, aspect of the shock you want to control. Uh, that's pretty much what you're feeling the most on uh, on a streetcar or like a, a, a sports car that's ravi- racing on paved roads. So that's why some suspension manufacturers only offer that option because it's kind of the most crucial one to have. So... What is
0: the best compromise then between a car that sees street and track use or if you just want to have a a car that you drive that you want to handle the best possible way on the street but your girlfriend that's with you isn't complaining about how stiff and awful it is?
2: (laughs) Yeah, I mean, um, again, you know, I always try to recommend to people to build your car to what it's going to be used for. You know, we have a line of coilovers that are called uh, B-16 PSS-10. They're great coilovers. They'll handle track use, but um, they're actually good for the street as well because they're designed to use the OE uh, mounting equipment, meaning the rubber top mount that you'll find like on a BMW. Uh, That's good because it keeps noise down, and you don't have to service it the way you would uh, – a uh, high end motorsports component like uh, something with a Uniball mount. So it keeps the noise down, it keeps the comfort high, so you'll be happy and your girlfriend will be happy.
1: So, Jose, speaking of the bound and rebound adjustment, that's basically the valving of the dampener. Now, if you don't have an adjustable valving for the dampener, or if I go to purchase these uh, for my vehicle, are they tuned specifically to each vehicle?
2: Yeah, that's actually something that, uh, as far as BuildSign goes, that's something we pride ourselves on. Uh, We test and tune uh, all the applications we offer on uh, real-world conditions. Uh, We don't just uh, slap on a valving to a shock and call it a day. We actually do drive the vehicle in uh, different road conditions to try to find the best uh, setting for that particular chassis. And so that requires a lot of R&D time, um, but, you know, that's the commitment we make to delivering a good product.
0: And that's probably the difference between, you know, a PSS-9 or 10 and something that, I mean, there's coilers out there. That you find on eBay? They're like like $200, you know?
2: Right, 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 right,
0: So, are there when you think about getting coilovers? Obviously, everybody's like, "Well, you can lower the car much more than you can with a cup kit or something like that." But one of the things that's really nice about a coilover is that you can do corner balancing and you know adjust right. the ride height in that way and help with corner balancing. How important is that?
2: Uh, if you have a dedicated competition car, it's crucial that you definitely want to have that. If it's a street car that you're autocrossing every now and then. It's not so crucial. Um, Usually on a street car with coilovers, you pretty much set it once and you're done. Uh, When it comes to a competition car, you're going to different tracks. You have different scenarios. If you have a weight penalty, you're going to have to re-corner balance your car. So, um, yeah, I mean, do you need it again on the street? No. Is it nice to have? Yes. So one thing I can never
0: figure out is the difference, and I'm looking, you look at struts, you're looking at inserts and your stuff like that, you see Bilstein Sport, and you see Bilstein Stein HD a lot. Those are the two that you see most often as a choice on replacement for my cars that I've had. What's the difference between the two, officially?
2: Right, so actually we no longer use the HD and Sport uh, nomenclature. Okay. Uh, HD is now called uh, B6 Performance, and what was our Sport uh, line is now called uh b8 performance plus uh in the past the differences were the valving actually the the sports had different uh usually more aggressive valving for you know uh cars that were being built into uh race uh cars uh these days on more, on more modern vehicles the main difference is uh the we have a, a spacer that limits travel on the sport versions and we do that because we intend them to be paired with a lowering spring.
0: Right, right. Is there differences in the actual uh, the strut or the shot the the metal strut part that goes? I don't even know what the proper the term, housing. I guess not the housing. The actual strut, the thing that bears the most of the burden. I've seen those be really thick on some of your struts, and you know some of the other ones aren't so thick. What's what's the deal with that?
2: Yeah. Th- th- so the our our performance line B six MBA are inverted monotubes. So that thick chrome shaft that you're seeing is actually the shock body. It, it's it's upside down. Imagine uh, uh, your standard shock with the shaft, the thin shaft uh, going through the top of the damper. It's actually inverted on um, front strut type vehicles. And that's due to um, the vehicle seeing heavy loads and they're hard braking with inverted monotube design, you actually are able to uh, control that better than you would with a body down design. Um, But that is, uh, can be physically shorter between the B6 and B8 lines. Most of the times it's not, but it can be.
0: You guys do mainly oil shocks, right?
2: Uh, We do gas charge shocks.
0: Oh, so they're gas charged. So what's the, what's the benefit then of a gas shock over an oil charge shock?
2: So in, in, modern times you really don't just see an oil shock i i believe the majority of manufacturers uh, switch from just a plain oil shock to a oil gas charge shock in the early 90s Uh, basically on an oil shock you get uh, hysteresis which basically means the oil begins to cavitate in a plain oil shock uh, which causes it sounds like you to something lose you Go to the the doctor for. <laughs> yeah, if you have hysteresis, you want to go get that checked out.
0: <laughs> Let's get those shocks rebuilt. We got to come up with something else. Um, do you have any right. stories that you've that you have from like going to Germany and like testing any of this stuff out that you can share?
2: Yeah, I mean, uh, the travels to Germany are always great. If if I don't know if you guys have ever been to the Nurburgring, but it's, it's beautiful. It's it's amazing. Just being there is kind of like an out of world experience. Um not too many uh driving myself on the Nurburgring. Ring. I've ridden in some really nice cars at the Nurburgring Ring, then the taxis. Um I have been on the Autobahn uh in a uh Mini Cooper, John Cooper works, uh at night, uh full full on speed on the Autobahn. That was great. <laughs> um that was on Bill Stein coilovers and it handled beautifully.
0: Yeah, you want to be able to change okay. lanes, at because if the, guys, the guy <laughs> in the left lane that's driving from America in his rental car doesn't know what's going on in the Autobahn, you got to be able to change lane safety to 150 miles an hour.
2: Yeah, I've had a grandma cut me off on the fast lane in Germany, and that was pretty scary.
0: So wow. cars generally do two things when you start messing with the suspension, oversteer and understeer. What are the most common causes of each? Uh, each of those things that we can avoid?
2: Yes, yeah, so I mean, when you have oversteer, oversteer is caused by the rear tires having uh, more grip than the front, and understeer is uh, caused by. I'm sorry, oversteer is caused when the the front tires have more grip than the rear, understeer is when the rear tires have more grip than the front, and that could be uh, addressed by a couple different ways. The you know the point of corner balancing is you're getting uh, the weight spread out through the entire vehicle so that it's uh, balanced, so that it's neutrally balanced. So corner balancing is something that you can do to address that, uh, as well as, you know, adjusting the suspension so that it has more grip where you need it.
0: And that's gonna be uh, sway bars to be a big part of that, right?
2: Um, not so much. Um, sway bars is more for, for cornering, once you're in the corner. Uh, what you want is you probably want to soften up the suspension where you're wanting more grip. Right. Or... Either getting a wider tire or a tire with like a softer compound uh, in the in the at the end of the car that's needing more grip,
0: sure. all right. we've got uh, some listener questions for you that uh, we put the word out to see if anybody had any questions for you guys. Prop car via Instagram says, Bill Stein released an Evo lineup recently. Can you go into depth as to what technical advantage there are over their old PS9, PSS 9 slash 10 setups? And, and are there any plans to release this for the BMW E36 chassis? And he wants me to let you know that that's a really popular chassis out on the autocross and <laughs> racing circuits. And I think he really, really wants the, uh, really wants the Evo stuff.
2: Yeah, I mean the E36, one of my favorite cars. Uh, so yeah, the Evo line—it's—it's it's a new line. That's—it it is uh, the product line that is under my management. I can't go into too much details just now because it's—it is a brand new product, and we're kind of in the middle of the launch of it. But but what I can tell you is that uh, the main point of the Evo line is that we will be offering more options. Uh, basically, we want to cover uh, everything that, uh, every type of situation, whether it's someone that just wants to have a nice uh, lowered ride to, z- to someone who wants a full-blown kit that they can build around for actual competition. So at the moment, we have a manually adjustable uh, coilover line called the PSS-10. We're looking into offering more types of damping adjustments. Um, than just that, uh, not just manual, but also electronic. Sure. Well, and as far as that going on to the E36, at the moment we're focusing on newer chassis, uh, uh, G20 and up, um, but you never know, you, we might just do it for the E36.
0: I think that sounds like a great plan. It's the you know the guys that, that like to drive their old cars and have them handle well too. Um, Kevin Fisher says, "Is it true that a McPherson strut suspension is the easiest to tune because the dampeners, the dampers are longer and thus easier to control per inch of force and travel?"
2: Uh, not necessarily. Um, it, it, it you know that's that it depends. Uh, I, I think uh, uh, starting with a good damper is kind of like the number one thing you want. Um, But also, you know, the the size of the car and the packaging, just because it's McPherson doesn't necessarily mean it always has more travel. It also depends on the design of the the damper.
0: Jason asks, do you do custom valving or shortening of the strut assemblies?
2: We definitely do. If it's a Bilstein aftermarket product, uh, you can definitely get in contact with our tech center. Uh, there's some kind of back and forth correspondence that'll happen between the customer and us. We'll ask you what it is exactly you're looking to accomplish. um, And we'll let you know whether or not you should shorten your uh, shock or maybe even increase the length to achieve the goals that you're trying to accomplish. And uh, that's something that we do out of our tech centers in uh, Mooresville, North Carolina, as well as uh, San Diego, California. Ah, uh, so we you know we service the whole country through both uh, tech centers. and uh, yeah, it's a service we do offer.
0: Is that the same place as when I have a, a a something that needs to be rebuilt? Is that the same place I'm sending that?
2: That's the exact same place.
0: And what's the process like for that? because I've, you know, I never keep a car long enough that I always, you know, I just have I have a 190E that I bought to just bomb around in and the struts were blown, so I put some Bilsteins on Bilsteins on it.
2: And, is that uh, a 190E with the Cosworth engine? He wishes.
0: No, no. This was supposed to be a winter beater. It's a really nice car, um, but I oh, did yeah. I, I just Those are great. I just got some springs for it, so it should uh it should go pretty well with the struts. But let's say I need to get something rebuilt. What do, is there mm-hmm. just send them in, they come back? What's the process like for that?
2: Yeah, a simple rebuild. Uh, you probably don't even need to get in contact with us. There's an online form on our website that you just fill out and uh, ask for a rebuild. Uh, each rebuild has a technician uh, take apart and measure the component of the damper to make sure they're still within spec. Everything that needs replacing will get replaced, and that's the valve stack, the oil, and all the seals.
0: And is there... this? Obviously, this service is one of the reasons why... I mean, you got the product that you guys sell isn't the cheapest product out there, but there's different things throughout the product line and the services offered that kind of make paying the extra premium worth it. But in your mind, why is it worth it to to purchase your guys' product over something else?
2: Definitely, yeah, it's a fair question. Uh, one of the things that I definitely enjoy about working at Bill Stein is the pride and craftsmanship that uh, the company as a whole takes in the product. Uh, what we offer at Bilstein is like like you said, we don't offer the cheapest product, but you can guarantee it's the highest quality damper you're going to get. And um with our performance line, as I mentioned before, we actually take the time to test and tune the dampers for the specific chassis. So you're getting something that's essentially built to your vehicle.
0: The company's not just guessing and going, Well, this is probably <laughs> close.
2: Right, that's definitely not happening. That's not the German way to do it. <laughs> yeah, no, definitely True. not.
0: Um, the, Luke uh, says, "It's my understanding that the PASM system in newer Porsches are made by Bilstein. Mm-hmm. What can you tell me about the partnership and design process?" And this
2: oh, is the PASM, correct. is
1: that the The Porsche Active Suspension PASM. Management. Right.
2: That's correct. Uh, the PASM system is uh, in partnership with Bilstein. Um, I work on the aftermarket side, but I do often talk to the guys on the OE side. Uh, That's a partnership where uh, we work closely with Porsche. Um, We provide the technology, and uh, they provide the hardware and the tuning. So we actually also offer um, PASM-compatible coilovers on the aftermarket. And I guess what you could say is the difference is we're tuning it the way we feel it needs to be whereas the factory PASM components are tuned the way Porsche wants it to be.
1: That stuff really does work, I will tell you, because I just picked up a used Macan turbo that has the active suspension management, and it is amazing when you touch that little button. And it's my understanding, Jose, that that's all magnetic ride control driven, basically. It's, it's, it's electronically changing the viscosity of the fluid. Is that correct?
2: That's not how our system works. Oh, okay. Our system is, is, is mechanical. And so uh, we've been doing the PASM system since the 997, and so uh, it's, it's a mechanical switch on the earlier generation, such as 997. You had a magnetic switch that would basically flip the valve setting from a comfort mode to a sport mode. Uh, on something like the new 992, it's variable. So depending on the, the strength of the signal being sent to the shocks, uh, you pretty much have a, a wide range of uh, of uh, valve tuning. So is it infinitely
0: variable on the new cars?
2: It, they kind of can be. Uh, That's it, wild. It, they're, they're pretty wild. Um, they're, they're amazing. The, the 992 handles like, uh, like no other car.
1: <laughs> so what, you said, you mentioned Porsche as one of your OEM partners. What other OEMs do you guys supply?
2: Uh, I mean, to this day, we're still very uh, close with Mercedes-Benz. Uh, we've done, uh, the, a couple of Bugattis, uh, a couple of Ferraris, um, quite a bit on the U.S. side. We do some Toyotas as well as some Dodge Rams where we did the Viper. Um, we're kind of all over the place. And uh, my Tahoe. Yeah. I
0: had Tahoe with Bill Steins on it as well. From the
2: factory? No, no but I put right, them yeah. on there.
0: I put them on there. They were toast. Um. What are so speaking of like the we have the p a s m system is there anything else that you guys are working on for the the future of motoring as everything kind of changes over to electric cars and everything like that do you guys have to kind of change the way you do things at all or approach the market differently?
2: you know the beautiful thing about suspension is the 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 bones of 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 uh suspension technology are 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 always going to be the same it's always gonna you're always gonna need a shock absorber to absorb the the road imperfections. and the only thing different that uh, we see happening from today to the future is just the packaging. But overall the shock and spring combo is is, is really perfect. You really don't need to to change that too much. So we don't really see um, us needing to change our overall design. It's just the technology where we'll start integrating more uh, active, active technologies into the shock absorber, more um, air options into the shock absorber. It, it, the, the base of the design is going to stay the same. It's just trying to squeeze more performance out of the current designs that we currently have.
0: So where can people find out more about your product if they want to learn more?
2: Uh, BillsteinUS.com would be the best place to go if you're inside the United States. Uh, we do have uh, Billstein.de. That's the German site. Um, but of course, you know, unless you can read German, uh, BillsteinUS <laughs> is where you want to go. What about
0: our friends in Australia? Where can they find out more? Do you know?
2: Uh, yes. Uh, we actually have a partner called Heisman Steering. They're essentially Billstein Australia. Uh, Billstein.au is where you want to go.
0: Right on, uh, great man. Great guys over there. Well, I really appreciate you calling in and kind of schooling us a little bit on, on your product and suspension in general. And uh, we look forward to uh, whatever you guys have coming down the road.
2: Thank you so much for having me, Chris. It was a pleasure.
0: You take care. Bye-bye. Bye-bye. You know what's kind of cool is when you think about the all the things that are changing in Germany, and we've talked about, um, well, they're not making engines anymore and everything's right. changing. These guys are just going to make struts. They're just yeah. going to just, just continue. I mean, obviously,
1: they're going to continue to, you know, well, engineer there's a lot things. of innovation and things that they're coming up with. But to your point, it doesn't matter what's driving the cars. It's pretty they still need suspension. Right. Unless we get
0: to the point where we're doing like uh, cars that are basically Marty McFly skateboard. Yeah, the hoverboard. <laughs> the hover cars. We'll probably, we'll probably <laughs> well, get there. Well, it'll be a
1: Bill Stein hover mechanism.
0: Although, if you think about it, if you have like a magnetic thing, you're probably still going to need some sort of. Dampener there, right? So it doesn't just oscillate up yeah, and down the yeah, whole time, yeah, exactly. Otherwise, you'd just be like, oing, 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 oing. Have you ever tried pushing <laughs> two magnets together? You yeah, it'd just, just be just, that just be super bouncy.
1: All right, before we go, have to mention slash overcraft First, I just want to thank all the Patreons that
0: we do have. Yes, it's, it is It's awesome. amazing. Um, if you don't support the show, that's okay too. We love you just for listening, but if you want to hop on five bucks a month, ten bucks a month, um, we finally. We had a huge screw-up with all of our shirt materials that we need to make the shirts, but they're here. We're going to start shipping the shirts out. I mean, it's uh, you can get a shirt if you sign up. You can get a print if you want to sign up, or you can just sign up and get the exclusive content that yeah. we put out uh, we put every out Every single month. month. All right, guys. We will see you on Monday with the news. All right. Take care. Bye-bye.